Coming up today on the Film Study Podcast, we have Tennessee Titans linebacker Derek Morgan coming in to share his favorite films and documentaries with Spencer and I. And we are talking the newest Marvel movie, Captain Marvel. Spoiler review, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Film Study Podcast here on WITS, presented by Uninterrupted. My name is Spencer Pacinger. I'm a seven-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion, and current producer on a TV show called All American, based loosely on my life. I'm here with Dane Mork. Yeah, hi guys. Um, <laughs> I'm Dane Mork. I, Spencer and I are producing partners and producers on the show All American on the CW. Um, and I'm also an executive producer on Into Alaska, a documentary series on Animal Planet on Mondays. <laughs> so you should check those out. You should, you should probably check those out. You know, right now we're recording Film Study Podcast and just the idea about this podcast is to show athletes in a different light. Oftentimes when it comes to looking at athletes and, and seeing the pedestal that they're on, it comes from music, from luxury, from cars, everything like that. But here, most of the time when it comes to athletes, we're just too fucking sore to do any of that stuff. So what do we do? <laughs> We sit down and watch Hulu, Netflix, stream whatever we can, binge watch whatever we can, and this is just a platform for us to talk to our favorite athletes about the stuff that they're watching today. Yeah, you know, we've been in those conversations, you know, through camps and just with, you know, friends who are professional athletes, and the excitement they get behind new forms of art or entertainment or films that are coming out, yeah. you know, it's, it's the same feeling they get about, you know, the game in general, sometimes more. And There's I some heated arguments in the locker room when it comes to certain things that people are watching. Oh so, yeah, yeah. It's, and I mean, it gets dicey. I see crazy Twitter threads through athletes <laughs> just talking about you know their favorite films. But you know, you know, the origin of this. You know, Spencer and I, you know, met through football, playing Los Angeles football, realizing we both had a love for film and that we had something more to say, and we knew a lot of others did as well. And um, we have the opportunity, you know, along with uninterrupted, to share these stories and. Uh, Talk about talk to some of our favorite athletes and celebs about how entertainment and sports both shape them as people and professionals. Absolutely. And you know, this is our second episode. We're building this out weekly. So if you guys want to see something, uh, talk wants to talk about something, review a movie, even try to reach out to one of your favorite athletes to get them on the show, you can follow us at the Film Study Podcast on Instagram. You can follow myself, uh, Pacinger, P Y S N G R. At Dane Mork, D-A-N-E-M-O-R-C-K, the C is silent. Everyone gets that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and even on Twitter, uh, just hashtag Film Study Podcast. We'll see all that stuff. We'll take it in and we'll go from there. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So rate us, you know, there are five stars. So go to five. Uh, review and subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. We're not forcing you to go to five stars, but like go to five stars. But you should. Yeah, so totally. But Five uh, stars is definitely preferred <laughs> on this. And that is producer Matt, who is with us. And... Uh, Hi Matt, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. Uh, excited for today. Yeah, let's excited dive in. for uh, this first segment that we've got. A little yeah. hot takes. I want to hear your hot takes uh, about the Game of Thrones trailer first. So take one. I got this. Spencer has this. So Game of Thrones trailer dropped. Everybody's been waiting for this. We're a month away from it premiering. I think it's only what six or eight episodes. Game of Thrones will remind us why HBO is top dog. <laughs> yes, we have new. Less we have Netflix, we have Hulu, all these other binge uh, binge platforms that are popping up. But when it comes to content, great content at that, HBO remains top dog. I don't disagree. 
I mean, I, I've I've been kind of on HBO kick lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Tour de Pharmacy the other day with Andy <laughs> Sandberg and laughed pretty hard. Um, but uh, no, and I'm not a huge Game of Thrones fan, and I'll admit that, and people think I'm crazy. But I, I've I've been. <laughs> they're looking at me like I'm crazy right now. But I, <laughs> I, you know, I've enjoyed the trailer for season eight, and I'm excited. And you know, I'm I'm trying to I'm in the midst of catching up. But I know you had some there's thoughts. There's no on where way. It was going. There's no way you can catch up at this point. Even being a month out, there's still so much that you'd have to absorb to try to catch up. Remember seeing the first episode and seeing sh- that Sean Bean was part of the cast, and you're, <laughs> and you're like, he's dead. He's dead in the first five. Sean Bean dies in every single thing every, he's in. Every movie. Yeah. Every movie. Every TV show. He's gone. And then everyone's bummed about it. The rest of the thing so it's like avenging him in a way <laughs> i don't know but you know it's 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 interesting i i'm, I'm excited for game of thrones and it's kind of interesting because the original author george r, r. martin doesn't even know what's going to happen yeah because they're kind of taking it their own way and that's the power that hbo has i guess so yeah but when it when it comes to that it is hbo at the end of the day like they will change tweak alter whatever they want but you know the product is going to be great yeah, and it's just, again, it's going to remind us that HBO it just reigns king. Hundred percent, say king like Game of Thrones. So yeah, that was good. That was a good pun. Was a good pun they right got there. a pretty good show on there too. Uh, HBO's The Shop, uh, which yeah. is an yes. uninterrupted there we property. Go. Yes, there yeah. we go. All right, so take two. Take two. Uh, easy for me. It's the DC news. It's the Shazam trailer, which shocked me. No pun intended. That'd be terrible. But I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I. I was really surprised at how good Shazam looks. And I, I know the embargo got lifted uh, last night and a lot of reviewers got to kind of say what they thought of the film. And they were so surprised at how good this film was. And I'm not being that guy throughout these cliche films, but they were like, it reminded me of Donner Superman in 78. Yeah. It had, you know, the music reminded me of John William. It was so cool to hear that. And I don't know what I'm going to get from this film, and I love that the trailer still hasn't shown me that much, and it's getting those kind of reviews, because I don't know shit about Shazam, <laughs> but I do know that it's interesting that it's coming out the same time as Captain Marvel, because mm-hmm. his name originally was Captain Marvel, but I am I am excited for this film. Well, I'm scared that I'm actually going to like it, because when, you the first, are. when the first trailer dropped, I was like, this is complete dog shit. What, what's going on? <laughs> what's, like, what's happening? Yeah. But the second trailer drops, and I'm like, you know what? I'm finding myself liking it because it has Tom Hanks' big. Aura they mentioned that too. It. They exactly. mentioned that in the reviews. That's awesome. Like just a, a dopey kid trying to figure out who he is inside of inside of a grown man's body, let alone a grown man with superpowers. I'm watching it. Well, you kind of wonder with these films, like this this superhero genre, like when it will go stale or if it does at all. I'm fine with it. You know, you guys know that, but. <laughs> with this, I was just I was so apprehensive. It's just just like what it was on the outside. Yeah. And it's nice to hear that it's not that. It's something new, and they're still finding ways to make these films really just just interesting and keeping them new, keeping them fresh. Well, one, th- one thing I commend uh, DC with doing is they're starting to strip away the model of building the cinematic universe and trying right. to chase Marvel in that race. Right. They're looking to make just cool films, one-offs. I know the Joker film's coming out soon uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, and we've, we're all waiting we're for gonna that We're going to go to town one. on that one. But... Yeah. I like this motto of them of not trying to run with the pack when it comes to Marvel and just diverging to their own lane and creating these cool one-off stories. You know, obviously probably gonna be some sequels in there, but right. for the most part, I'm I'm here with it. The we got Shazam's Shazam's coming out, we got the Joker coming out, we got a couple more. Uh, Birds of Prey is in yeah. production right now, so I'm I'm all for it. 
the fantabulous emancipation of <laughs> Harley Quinn is the so, name, right? Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. we're pumped about uh, Spider-Man Homecoming meets big. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Exactly. All right. When it comes to sequels, obviously a Suicide Squad sequel is uh, about to start up, I believe. But yeah. some big news came out where Will Smith just <laughs> walked away from Scheduling it. Conflicts Scheduling conflicts. Scheduling conflicts. In the trades. But Idris Elba's taking over Deadshot. Like, Which. That's major. That is major. That's I think, awesome. I think Idris Elba walking away from the Marvel Universe is going to try to give a big fuck you to the to the Marvel Universe by making Deadshot one of the most compelling characters for DC. With a director who is kicked out of the Marvel Universe, <laughs> James Gunn. Yeah. So I think it's like, I think I said this to you the other day. I said, I haven't seen Suicide Squad 2 yet, mm -hmm. but if this goes through, this is my favorite DC film yet, and I haven't <laughs> seen it. And I mean, that's cool. Idris is going to make us forget that Will Smith was Deadshot. And I have, a, I have a theory about Will Smith. Before he dies, God, you know, hopefully he lives a long life. Yeah. Will Smith has to play a character where we just hate him, where he's a villain. He's not the, oh, woe is me. I didn't I'm, love Hitch. What? I didn't love it. It's like universally loved. I didn't love it. <laughs> no, Hancock. Hancock. Hank, okay. My bad. Hancock. Okay, Hancock. Not Hitch. Hitch you, was fine. You righted your yeah, shit right Kevin there. James, my bad. My bad. But when it comes to Will Smith, he's always playing this, like, he's emotionally unavailable or he's just the suave, cool Hitch guy. I would love for Will Smith to play a character where you walk away from the film like, yo, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck him. Can you give me an example of someone like that? Where you walk down, you're like, fuck that guy. Uh, I know we talked about Mads Mikkelsen being a dick in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. No, but just, just play the Bond villain. Play the guy that like you have no reason to root for. I feel like Will Smith is just such a nice guy that even if you want to hate him, even if he's just like killing babies or, or a terrorist or something, you're going to find reason to like him because he's going to throw that like billion dollar face at you. And you're like, all right, I, I understand. I think for our generation too, it's hard to not like Will Smith just with Fresh Prince and Men in Black them. and like all these things. And I remember watching Men in Black and, you know, thank God TBS still runs that all the time because I was <laughs> watching that too long ago and he was so cool. He was awesome. So yes. I was I was kind of bummed he left Deadshot or was going to and that he wasn't being announced. But with Idris taking over, no complaints. So I'm good. <laughs> All right. So who's got take three? Ooh. Mm. I'll, I'll take it. Let's talk. It. Yeah. Yeah. Go into detail. You have thoughts on Listen, this. Listen, Steven Spielberg has now become the old man on the porch. It's just crazy. yelling at kids like "Get off my lawn." <laughs> that that's just what he is now. That's funny. You know, back <laughs> back in the seventies and eighties, he was the young kid that came out, and he just had blockbuster after blockbuster, and he openly said Hollywood didn't really accept him. So he sort of, you know, broke down the door with guys like George Lucas. Now he's the guy at the top of the hill. Mm -hmm. He's looking at everybody else and saying, "Hey, you're trying to change the landscape. I don't like the I don't like that because." The landscape that is out there now is the landscape that I made. And now you guys are trying to take that away from me. Fuck you. Yeah. He's the old man on the hill. Yeah. Well, it, it was really interesting in, in reading about the story about how uh, I think they pulled um, an interview of his from 1982 or something mm -hmm. in, the, in, the early, in the early 80s. And, you know, he talked about how he, guys like he and George Lucas weren't embraced by the film industry. And I thought that was really interesting because... Everywhere you go now, you see Spielberg's influence or George Lucas's influence. You know, there's Star Wars. It's everywhere. Art in bathrooms and around <laughs> the world, like whatever it may be. And these are the guys calling the shots now. And it, it was interesting to read that article because it was just, it was also 
a look at how the industry just changes and you can't really, he couldn't, he didn't understand what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. I think he may have had an idea, but like, you know, in the course of 30 to 40 years, I mean, so much has happened and he's, he's fighting against these streaming, these streaming giants. And in reality, Roma, who won, you know, best picture was a Netflix film. Yeah. Best director. Best director. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And cinematography. Um, and you know, it wasn't at the time Spielberg said in the eighties where it wasn't about, you know, the platform it was about the art. Yeah. And so it was just kind of stomping on his own words. So it was, it was kind of a bummer to hear just because you love so much of his work and you know, I watch I mean, Netflix. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if I'm watching a movie on my cell phone or my iPad or TV or in a theater, a movie is a movie. Right. And if you're trying to strip away Netflix and Hulu and these other streaming services from getting the same awards, like the Oscars and, and everything that comes with that, I call bullshit because at the end of the day, it's directors that probably don't have access to the same funds that you do, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and you other multi-million dollar uh, film directors. These guys are going about it with smaller budgets and they're able to tell highly specific stories and throwing them up on platforms that will accept them. Right. If you, if you attempt to shed away Netflix and Hulu and everything that comes with that, what are we doing for the film industry? You're not allowing other directors and other creatives to grow into the position that you are at now. Well, it's also just, it's inevitable. So like what he's doing, you know, is throwing this, you know, this kind of little tirade and maybe it's being built out of proportion. I don't know the details. I don't know how he really feels, but look, these streaming giants are still coming. You know, DC just launched their TV universe mm -hmm. and is kicking out original content, which I actually really enjoy. And Disney Plus will be coming out soon and they're going to be doing basically Game of Thrones type budget <laughs> shows that look like films. And so it's, it's a different way and it's a different approach. And I mean, we're embracing it. I enjoy it. I can understand how someone who has been ingrained in this business for so long can be upset with change. But at the end of the day, I mean, everything's kind of changed. I mean, <laughs> Spielberg got, he apparently he watched Green Book um, about five times. You mean to tell me he went to a movie theater and watched Green Book five times in a movie theater? Probably had a screener. No, you had a screener and you watched it at <laughs> home in your home theater. I'm so, not, not everybody has a home theater, but right. everybody has a Netflix subscription that they can pay, what, eight dollars nine dollars well now friends put it up to like ten dollars a month now yeah but that's the same thing for now everybody else it's just leveling the playing field having a home theater would be would be rad in time yeah we'll in get time. there we'll steven get spielberg there. definitely has a home theater <laughs> guy like has but yeah i mean I, I don't see it slowing down so i mean let's see if he has any more comments moving forward but but we do love you steven whatever spielberg. yeah we do and all your films and i'm not not getting rid of my netflix account <laughs> and i'm subscribing to disney plus so all right, so next up, take four. We have Alex Trebek, the man. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Trebek. Celebrity Jeopardy. That was Will Ferrell. But <laughs> I, come on, if you, everybody grew up watching Jeopardy. Everybody. And everybody. that's on Netflix now, too. That's <laughs> Wait, crazy. it is? Yeah, I saw that. So Alex Trebek, and it's unfortunate, but he just got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Um, and it was, I, I thought it was actually cool how he announced it. I did you too. Know, it was essentially a Jeopardy announcement that came over social media. That's where I saw it at least. But, you know, he's in his suit, he's on set, and he's talking about how he didn't want the media to any or anybody else to misconstrue what was going on in his life. And he's always been, you know, upright and honest with everybody. So he came out and said it. But he was, he was, it was weird because... Obviously, it's it's a scary idea to have cancer. Yeah. But he brought some levity to the situation by saying, you know, I have to beat this because technically my contract says I have to host 
uh, Jeopardy <laughs> for the next three years. That's cool. So I'm like, if that's your motivation, dog, then by yeah, all means, yeah. you know, beat it. And we're here with you, you know, wish you the best. But I just, I really appreciated Alex Trebek, the platform that he's had for what, is it going on like 20 or 30 years? I think it's like yeah. upwards of 30 years. I mean, I, I, I grew up watching Jeopardy at the dinner table with my parents and it was fun. And it was, it was my old roommate used to, I, I could hear him from the other room because even as a 24 year old guy, he was on the couch after work, just <laughs> yelling at the screen and, and it was fun. And it was, I thought him doing that was a really cool way of just getting it out in the air, like getting it out in the open and being like, shut up, here it is. Cause every time you sign on to Twitter in the morning and you see a celebrity name, don't you think the worst immediately? You're like, uh, yeah. shit, Yeah, they bit, they, they, they bit it. Like something happened to him. And so I saw Trebek and I'm like, no, like, no. <laughs> and then I saw the announcement, but uh, no, I mean, I just, it would be a shame to, you know, see Jeopardy stop on account of that. You and remember how you felt when a Jeopardy question popped up on the air, popped up on the TV, and you knew the answer to it. Remember how smart you felt? You're like, yeah. You yeah. said it out loud boastfully, and you're looking around like, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to play my sister all the time, and it was it never, you know, I, I always thought I had the answer. I'd always scream it out. But uh, no, we're going to, we're I, I love Jeopardy. So that was a bummer, <laughs> and, you know, I hope things turn out his way. Yeah. Take five. Okay, so it's it's hard to not talk about Captain Marvel. This is at the front of you know. We just saw it. Too. Yeah, and it's it's fresh and it's 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 hard not to just say everything that's on my mind with this film. <laughs> and we'll do a we'll do a spoiler take later on. But you know, overall, I I had a blast in this movie. Um, you know, I thought again with, with the way I was ex expressing uh, Shazam earlier, they're finding new ways to kind of. They've, they're finding new entry points into this world. And with this movie, I appreciated the origin story done that way the most. Two origin stories, technically. Two, two pretty yeah. much, yeah. I mean, so many, I guess, in a way. Um, I know. It, and it did kind of feel like watching like a 90s Sam Jackson flick <laughs> in a way. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed Captain Marvel. As a Marvel movie, it kind of felt uh, a little behind as to what they were doing in Phase 3 and kind of what they plan on doing. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. I, I, I At the end, seeing her... Um, you know, just develop as this character and what she goes through, you know, it, it kind of felt like the first Iron Man mm -hmm. in a way um, to me. But uh, I enjoyed the film and I had a blast. And is it one of my top Marvel movies? Probably not, but I will go back and I will suggest it for anyone. And, you know, it was really cool to see what Brie Larson did with that character. And, you know, I, I, you were with me. Well, probably do you remember, it again. And, and this isn't a spoiler, but do you remember the girl, the little girl who was sitting next to me? Yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. She... Oh my God, she was with her dad, and you know I have sisters, and, I, and, the and I know, me, the like way. I know, it's the first female-led superhero for Marvel, and like it was a big deal, and that was awesome. We saw that last night, and this little girl sat next to me, and first off, when the Spider-Man Homecoming she lost uh, her trailer shit. ran, she jumped in the air and slammed her foot down, and her dad goes, "Calm down, honey, calm down." You can't do that shit in theaters now. Uh -uh. Oh, by the way, she was like 12. So I'm kind of like, I, you know, and and I, I, she was so into it. And then when the movie started, I looked over and she was she was crying. And it kind of- At what point? Oh my God, when she had the costume on for the first time. Okay, okay, she okay. was just kind of teary-eyed and, right. and she kept saying to her dad, I can't believe this is happening. That was cool. And, yeah. it, and it was, it was a, it was an example of what, you know, you know, you know, my sister had this talk with me about, Dan, we haven't seen this. You know, it was an example of representation that hadn't been seen before. And I was seeing that in action. And I thought that was cool. 
as great, she was pretty annoying, but it was cool. <laughs> well, as great as you know, it was built up to be. I thought this was just a pit stop to Endgame, yeah, just know. much like how Ant Man and the Wasp was last uh, year with um, Infinity War. Right. All I watched this movie for was to see how it time jumps twenty years to get Captain Marvel in the same room as. Iron Man and everybody else. That's not a spoiler. Like Everyone knows this is in the 90s. Yeah, it's I mean, period piece. We, it's early we, Sam there's Jackson. Blockbuster, like Blockbusters in the film. Yeah, Obviously, it's, it's 90s. For, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, this is a triumph for me and I, you know, I'm shedding tears and this was such a great story. It's easily a top five. Mm-hmm. It's not a top five movie for me in terms of Marvel. But was it necessary? Yes, because now we know that she's going to play a vital role in Endgame and I just wanted to see how they're going to set that up. Yes. The shocker in the movie to me was Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of processing that character mm-hmm. and everything that happened, but uh, I think, you know, you're going to be surprised with a lot of these performances and what's happening. So um, I, I suggest Captain Marvel. I get the pit stop reference. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the, you could say that about a lot of these films, I think. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. But Every film right now is a pit stop it's, to Endgame. But necessary. Even if it's not a Marvel film. And I am hyped <laughs> for her in Endgame. And after seeing what she can do in that movie, I don't know, like, like I don't know. I, I, she's, it's crazy. It's <laughs> we crazy. can talk about it more. Yeah, yeah, later. yeah. We'll after. go into that later on. Well, I want to take the time to introduce Derek Morgan, linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, a good friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for about a year, doing stuff actually off the field, not on the field. Right. Um, 16th draft pick in 2010 yep. to the Tennessee Titans and has been with the team ever since. So Georgia Tech, right? Yes, sir. You're, yeah. like, you're like the old man on the team now. I am the old G. <laughs> Overnight. I'm like, I'm 29. I'm in the locker room. One of the oldest guys on the team. This is kind of weird, but that's how the NFL is, man. I don't see any gray hair, so you're good. Oh, it's, it's, it's not good lighting in here. That's why. <laughs> as long as you don't got like the Beijing, like filling in the nah, hairline I look and stuff, into I think it, you're though, good. I'm starting to get a little thin in the corners, but... Uh, nah. Thanks for nah, coming, Derek. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just again, thank you for coming on the coming on the Film Study Podcast. You're again, you're our, our first guest. Yeah. So we got the training wheels on a little bit, but we think it's gonna be a fun ride. We're gonna break out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's I mean, let's dive right into it. You know, just in talking with you and talking about what this film study podcast is, it's given athletes like yourself a chance to tell us some of the stuff you're watching, some of the stuff you grew up watching and you love, you hate, you love to hate. Right. So yeah. I know we, we talked about you've been heavy into docs. Yeah. Over movies, apparently. I don't know. Like, how's that? Yeah. I, 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 I'm trying to think how I'll uh, position it like this. When I first came into the league, I'd watched a lot of movies, mm-hmm. you know, just binging TV shows, playing right. a lot of video games. And the older I got, um, you know, I had my first son when I was 23. Mm-hmm. And then I had another kid. My, my daughter came when I was about 26. So, as you know, Every kid you get, you lose a little bit more time to yourself. <laughs> so, you know, I would I didn't have enough time to kind of go see two movies and then play Call of Duty. So I was like, dang, I'm not even, you know, I'm not bettering myself. So mm-hmm. I started kind of looking at what documentaries were out there so I didn't feel guilty for watching, <laughs> you know, a two-hour movie. I was educating myself. Yeah, right. you know? So I kind of fell, uh, fell into that lane um, as of late. And so... I try to look for them, you know, that's my first genre I look for on, on the iTunes or Netflix is documentaries. You go down that Netflix rabbit hole, just like, it's just cruising around. <laughs> it's like the abyss. I know, <laughs> I know. I've been stuck on a few. What are uh, what are some of your favorites you're watching right now? So I just watched one. It was called The Future of Meat, um, talking about sustainability in uh, our planet as it relates to farming. 
and that's right. how that's like the number one thing that's contributing to climate change. And so, you know, the, the deforestation of the Amazon and mm-hmm. you know, how much gallons of water it takes to produce one hamburger, like all those things like that. Wow. Um, my wife is a, a plant-based chef. So, you know, we uh, are very, you know, interested in those types of topics. So that's the last one I watched. Um, I'm actually watching this uh, show on Netflix called uh, The Patriot Act. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... The guy is very. What's his name? Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very witty. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. That's my type of comedy, and uh, you know, but the stuff he's talking about is real stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't know if y'all seen. He did an episode on Saudi Arabia last year. Oh wow! And didn't he get banned? He got censored. He got yeah, censored in Saudi yeah, Arabia because yeah, yeah. they have some type of loophole in their law or their legislation that says, you know, it's it's uh, religiously r- religiously immoral. Uh, the stuff that he was talking. They don't about. play over there. Right, they don't play. <laughs> no, they don't play. So they 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 uh, snatched a show off of Netflix in Saudi Arabia. So that's crazy. Some real, you know, significant stuff he's talking about. It's yeah. interesting when it comes to censorship, especially around like Saudi Arabia and just uh, the Muslim faith. You mm. remember in South Park when they were about to say, I think uh, Mohammed's. Uh, they were going yeah. to show Mohammed, and and that was the Family Guy cro- uh, crossover. <laughs> the the crazy thing was is they got so many death threats mm-hmm. and just right. just wild stuff would get sent it's to touchy. their offices and I think that might have been the one time that South Park has backed off on something. And we all yeah. know South Park to be they push the limits. They push the <laughs> limits and they kind of been grandfathered into into that topic of just being outlandish. But that was the one time. Right. Don't you can talk about everything, but don't you dare yeah, slander yeah. <laughs> I mean, Saudi Arabia, yeah, Muslim lightly. faith, anything like that. You're untouchable to a point, I guess. Everyone has a limit. <laughs> For sure. But uh, for sure, yeah. I've been. I've actually. I haven't caught much of the Patriot Act, but you know, word of mouth is just yeah. is what it is, yeah. right. and what you're saying. So it, sound, it sounds sure. like something to check out. Well, you have a show on, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, well, until just that whole process in in doing documentaries and stuff like that, and just you know, I, for the past eight years, I worked in unscripted and docs, and just you know, my job was to just find ideas. And the interesting thing about the documentary space, which I think a lot of people don't know, in regards to development, is you can you go with the times. Mm -hmm. So you go with the tabloids as the news develops, your projects develop, and you can pitch year round, you know? And Mm -hmm. I I think of all the ways that we sold projects where if we found an interesting character doing something cool, we would find them and sign them, whatever it could be. Mm -hmm. And a a funny story, um, uh, there's a show, I don't know if you've seen this on Netflix, called Dark Tourist. And yeah, it's it's this this tall British dude who goes to, he has a fetish of just, going to places where you shouldn't go like (laughs) Kazakhstan and um, he goes to uh, New Orleans and deals with like voodoo priests and all this stuff shit you don't do on a regular basis (laughs) yeah I I was kind of interested and I remember years ago I found I found a guy who was doing that and just how quick you have to jump on this stuff and his name was Andrew Drury and he was a guy in um, Britain and he you know me. I have a weird way of finding things on the internet. It's kind of just Very working. Weird. He's, he's kind of creepy how you yeah. find stuff on. Yeah, on not not about it. Just finding it's articles and finding things. But I found this dude, and he's he's backpacking in Yemen, and you know risking his life to go out of these places. And then we're trying to develop a show. One day he goes radio silent on me. I'm watching Dark Tourist. He shows up, mm. and he's the tour through Kazakhstan. And wow. it was just a testament as to just you know in that development process how quick you got to be on those things and how long it would take but it was it was exactly what i kind of had in mind and it was so cool to actually just see that idea fleshed out because 
I love shit like that. Like you embrace right. an idea and like those kind of stuff. I'm interested in the uh, in the road trip kind of shows and yeah. the, the docu series. And um, I have one on Animal Planet right now where, you know, we just we had access to all the national wildlife refuges in America, and that was the one thing where we walked in and said, "We have this. Do you want it? You can't get this." It was mm -hmm. it was access, and we put together you know a show for Animal Planet and did ten. What's that called? Episodes. It was called in, it's called Into Alaska. Just wrap. We're waiting on a second season. Um, and that was on a Monday as an animal planet, but, uh, you know, it was a real, a real cool look into wildlife preserves and what we're doing to save animals, you know, across the country and that juxtaposition of areas across the country where it was either Florida or Alaska, it's even Guam. Um, you know, we stayed in Alaska this season, but, um, that's, what's fun about that space is it takes you, takes you all over. And just like, just working with Dane this past, like these past two years, I come from a scripted mindset. So when I got into this uh, yeah. industry, it came from me just writing my own short stories. Like on the plane after an away game, I would take out my iPad, literally the iPad I have right here, mm -hmm. and I just started writing. And once I met him, he was more on the unscripted space, which is speaks to more documentary. So when we go out and we look for stories and, and we try to mine uh, different topics, I always come from the scripted standpoint of like, this could be a great two-hour movie about this, but he's thinking of it wow. in an eight-part series that right. we can follow. So we've actually like gotten into arguments about what we want a project to be, but it's been fun because now I can see like essentially how his mind is retooled to work that way as opposed to mine. And there's value on both sides of that, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Certain people, you know, perceive things differently. Like I'm more docu, you know, documenting my wife's more film, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's all about but, how to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, finding that middle ground where like, I wasn't in scripted, but look, we have a scripted show on CW. So it was kind of just knowing, you know, I remember that moment when I met Spencer and he was, he, the first conversation we ever had, we established that we both played football against each other and that we both love movies. What position did you play? I'm just curious. I wasn't a kicker. <laughs> Were you a specialist? Yeah, <laughs> I, re I returned a lot of kicks and stuff okay, like that. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you thought he was a punter or something. Be real. <laughs> you thought I was a kicker. I mean, like, yeah, like, we had a joke like this. We had a different types of cleats. We had a, jo <laughs> we had a joke like this on set too. Everyone's like, "You played football?" Because they, we said this last show. They either thought I was Spencer's agent or they just thought I was just like hanging out. Yeah, but I was like, "Nah, I played." So you get stereotyped too. Yeah, we listen. All do. We all do. When I met him, I had my reservations, but he showed me a picture of him in high school and he was yoked up. Like, which was on that neck, juice? Like, neck is <laughs> twice the size, like forearms. He, remember, he the, remember, the, remember the creatine me. years where everyone's <laughs> like, I'm on creatine. And, and like hair, like facial hair was popping up in weird places. Back knee and stuff. Like, oh, oh you're definitely God. On yeah, I didn't have yeah, back knee. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. No, I'm a post playing quite a while ago. Quite a while ago. Sure. Quite a while. But your body feels good, though. It does. But at the same time, you know, you're in sports, like, yeah. You understand there's stories that can be told in that vein that are powerful. Right. And when Spencer was talking to me, you know, I asked him a question, just how did you get to school in the morning? Mm -hmm. And it was so different from my experience where I would wake up, you know, 15 minutes for the bell, barely get into Man. class. And he mm -hmm. wakes up three and a half hours and has to take, you three know, and a half couple, hours. couple rides. I had to wake up at like 545 just to like beat traffic, drop my little brother off at school and then get to school. Wow. But he's rolling out of bed 15 minutes before the bell rings. And I'm Dope. like, like <laughs> I was a it's not that I wanted to be a morning person. I was forced to be a morning yeah. person since yeah. I was like in second grade. So it's but just great it helps you though. But it was oh, absolutely. it was a story because that was happening right. in my backyard. You know, right. like 15 minutes away. I'm Palos Verdes and okay. you know he was South Central. So we, all the communities in Los Angeles were backed up to one another. Right. And sports was what facilitated, you know, us meeting and these stories. So, you know, just getting an opportunity to kind of expand on that and get into the scripted uh, world, right. um, 
it, at the end of the day, it is just storytelling. Yeah. And that's that's what's and cool about it. Yeah. I know I know we talked about as much as you love docs, you do you have to have like some movies that you you know hang your hat on. So like, what yeah. are some oh, yeah. of the movies that whether you like you grew up watching or like you love now? Like, what like what do you? I what is say, a movie for Derek for Derek Morgan? One of the, I would say old school first. So Boys in the Hood. Yeah, like that's a classic <laughs> for me. Like if it comes on TNT and it's three hours long with eighty commercials, I'm yeah. still gonna watch it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the edited version. I'm still gonna watch even it. Even yeah. when even when the voice like comes in when they're about to say a right, 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 right. I'm about to fuck you. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I'm still watching. You know, but like that was like a classic for me. Um, I'm trying to think off the top. Uh, Dark Knight. You know. Like, yeah, probably, it's up there. That's that's it. That's up, that mean, was yeah. an important movie for like our generation. Yeah, I feel it was like. like I was right in the middle of college, and I remember watching that movie like three times in one week. You yeah, know what I mean, mm-hmm. it was that gripping for me. But um, Dark Knight. I'm trying to think what else. Gladiators up there yeah. for sure. Yeah, like I felt emotion in that in that movie. You know what I mean? Like, in, hold up. So you got you got. I'm all over Dark Knight. I dig it though. Gladiator. Like, did any of those movies ever? Perceive, like when you look into the mirror, you're like, oh fuck, like Gladiator, all these guys had abs and like I'm looking at myself like <laughs> I don't look like, like shit, I gotta I gotta cut the bread out. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to get shredded like three hundred and Man, gladiator like, see, and those guys. That's I mean three hundred is a little bit that's like special effects it gotta be, bro. Like yeah. nobody's abs is looking like that. Yeah, but when you look in the mirror, that's I'm not a real image. <laughs> 300 not, in, in hindsight, 300 is ridiculous. <laughs> that's 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 up there for me too. I remember walking out of the theater and people were leaving the theater to go buy another ticket mm. to watch it again. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. You know like what that. Gladiator did for me was, that was the first movie I remember really seeing and being like, I fucking hate this dude. And that was Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. character. I was like- On many levels. Yeah. And it was my first thing, like, I get it. You're a villain. You're yeah. like, you're a dick. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know? And, and so that moment- I remember so vividly where like he pulls his mask off. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for Gladiator. Yeah. But like, you know, and like he turns around and he says all these things and they're like, and and you get that, you feel that in the in the theater he when he says, what does he say? He says, Maximus Decimus Meridius, yeah. father of a, yeah. I'm not an actor. But yeah, like it, you know, it was, it was great. I still remember what that felt like. Yeah. But even, even with Boys in the Hood, like, you know, fun fact, I grew up three blocks away from where Boys in the Hood was made wow like i know the liquor store that they walked out of when they got that like cornmeal right the milk and stuff what? Like, i know crazy. the alley he got shot at but like, he got shot down at like a, yeah you know, you know that's crazy you know rest in rest peace, peace Ricky. But, <laughs> but it's that was one of those movies in my childhood that i probably shouldn't have saw it at the age i right, saw it at right but right. my parents were like no you need to watch this film okay because it's literally filmed right down the street from us. It's talking about the life that you see here every day that right. you're that you're in, that you're living. Right. And still to this day, it holds up twenty some odd years later. Like right. that cast is. I mean, we got Oscar winner in that cast and, and Regina Stop. King. Right. Yeah. Like Nia Long, uh, Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding King Jr., King. Morris Chestnut. Right. Like they're uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Right. That cast itself, you can put that cast up against anybody 100%. today that is yeah. still working. Right. Iconic. A lot of them are doing great work still. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, Oscar, yeah. yeah, you just said it. Regina King. That's amazing. What uh, What was the last film you saw in the theater? Movie? Yeah. Oh, man. What was the last one? It's probably something kid-related, man. <laughs> oh, yeah? You got kids. So I'm not like, there yet. I'm not there yet. I got a two-year-old. How's your daughter? Two years old and one on the way. So oh, I, I can still see the movies okay. I want to see. Right, right. So don't worry. That's coming to an end. <laughs> um, so I think the last movie I seen might have been Avengers Endgame. 
Not Endgame. Um, I was like, what? Infinity, Infinity, I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, what the hell? Uh, Do you know? Uh, Infinity War. Infinity okay. War. Okay. Uh, I took my son to see that. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, he enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So that's one that I could kind of like cheat on. Like, this is, I was going to see this anyway. But <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take cool. You with yeah, me. Cool, yeah. cool. That was dope. We just saw uh, Captain Marvel recently. What? How and it was it? It was uh, everything I needed it to be, but that's not saying a lot. You know, it's, to me, it was just a pit stop to in game that's coming. That's out really soon. what it's all about. So it's, it does. It successfully pushes the story forward. Um, it it's feels like in the nineties. Right? It's the same kind yeah. of tropes with those with those kind of stories. But at the, it is in the nineties. Yeah, there's some there's some cool music which don't was fun. Don't but uh, that won't ruin it. No, I'm gonna say like trust me, we can't. Like, but uh, you get TLC, mm. you get Salt and Pepper. I'm not okay. going. That's okay. that's part of the soundtrack. Okay, so, okay, yeah. I remember even even uh, riding up to the movie. I was like, we we got to get some strong uh, female songs in this. Like, how they can't have a Marvel movie based in the '90s with a female lead and not give us a Salt and Pepper 100. or a TLC or even. I was even thinking like maybe getting an SWV in there, right. but and we didn't get it. Right, but we got we got two out of three. I was happy about that because <laughs> they usually throw in when they do throwback soundtracks and stuff like that it's usually the same cliche tracks of like you know nirvana or pearl jam and stuff like that yeah. and they and you know there it's was some of that but they mix it up a bit and i thought that was cool you so. know what movie has one of the best soundtracks mm. dope yes really oh my have yes. you seen it no i actually have not seen pharrell. dope yes that produced movie. by pharrell i mean oh, pharrell? yeah produced by pharrell yeah okay oh so it makes yeah. sense. exactly that exactly. soundtrack was a <laughs> was it a one that's yeah. an LA story too, right? Inglewood. Inglewood. Inglewood story. Right yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Shamik Moore. Your boy yeah, from, uh, from Spider Verse. From Spider Verse. And it's a Spider Verse. You should check that out. It's like you guys know the whole roster behind the film. <laughs> like, Man, oh, yes, we're like, in this. I see. We're that. in this. You I see that. a lot of movies, and and you're saying like you know you 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 saw that movie with your kids, so you got to cheat. I'm I'm in that uh, age where you know all my friends are kind of getting married and like mm -hmm. having kids or have had kids and i'm still like that one guy like can you see a movie can you see a movie <laughs> right and right. thank god spencer loves movies and we live close to one another no but, it's not uh, that it's thank god my wife will let me see movies with yeah me. thank you blair <laughs> <laughs> that's not asking too much yeah, not yet no, no. that second one drop <laughs> it's a harmless hobby so you know it's, it's yeah that's like it's like hobby. no keep your ass home i'll go to, uh, 100 i'll go to the movie by myself mm -hmm. like my wife's not a big movie buff but i'm like look i'm going to the movies it's a matinee. Mm -hmm. It's three people in the theater, but I'm doing it. That's how I've always been. See, for me, I just I started seeing movies by myself when I got into the league because okay. being in fall camp and going through those 15 hour days. Once you had that day to yourself, you're like, I don't want to see any of you guys. At yes, all. I'm cool with y'all. Yes, like we live down the hall from each other. <laughs> but if I don't have to see you on my day off, I'm not going to see you. And that's really? when I started going to movies by myself. And I remember telling people that they looked at me weird. And some of them were yep. even like, yo, like, let me know when you're going. And I'm walking away like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll let okay. you know. I'm not going to let you know. <laughs> um, I'm not hitting you up. Uh, now, you know, with all these things coming out and you know the docs on Netflix and everything like that what what is what is a story you know you would like to tell from your perspective you know like mm -hmm. for, through your life experiences through what you've been through with whatever football life family yeah. you know is there something you feel like you'd like to talk about it's funny you ask man um so I just finished up my ninth year in the league yeah uh, congrats appreciate yeah that's, it. Yeah. that's um, amazing so I'm I'm actually gonna be a free agent here in a couple of days um and so same yeah, I got drafted in 2000. When were you drafted? 11. 11. Yeah, so I was drafted I was lockout year. Yeah, lockout yeah. year. So I was drafted in 2010. I had no idea what a lockout was. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm in the mindset of like, yo, I just got drafted. I hit the lotto. Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And then my agents talk, uh, calling me like, yo, 
you might not get paid for a whole year. Oh, yeah. And then I got all this family pressure on me. Like, you know, Derek, Derek's a millionaire. He's he's made it. I wasn't a millionaire yet. But everybody expected me to buy the car, yeah. buy the house, right. you know, give me put put me on payroll, basically. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think back to me as a 21-year-old out of Georgia Tech, trying to figure it out, you know, with money and, you know, relationships, emotions, identity, like all these things. And so... I look back over my time in the league, and I'm like, man, I've really come a long way. You know, yeah. I, I had this idea of what the league was, and then actually realizing what it really was. You know, right. I um, I tore my ACL my rookie year, and that really shook my world up. And it showed, it exposed a lot of things about the league that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. And I'm actually you know, in the middle of putting together a film project, yeah. kind of about my, you know, my perspective on things, you know, my experience throughout the league, and right. kind of the nature of the NFL, because it's it's a vicious league. And, yeah. you know, people don't want to really talk about that a lot. You know, they get, you know, caught up in the highlights, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. fun. It's, it's uncomfortable to really talk about how players are getting done. So yeah. I think that's a story that I've really been intentional about telling um, for a while now. And, you know, I'm hoping that it really comes together good. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting you say that because there's a uh, a movie called High Flying Bird on Netflix right now. Okay, uh, yeah. if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth the watch. Uh, uh, Andre Holland uh, stars in it. Melvin Gregg is the athlete in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the whole premise is a first round draft pick gets drafted, but then the league goes into a lockout. <sighs> so he's dealing with that pressure of like. Yo, I'm a millionaire, but it's in escrow. Right. I'm trying to figure out how to pay for my family, how to how to set them up, yep. and just how to trick the system essentially to get this game back playing. Because right. un- until he starts playing basketball again, he's just another draft pick again in escrow. Yeah, so it's it's a great story, and it, it paints it paints athletes in a different light. And much like you know, much like myself know, um, it's just showing that everything's not glitz and glam. Like. These guys are actually working. These guys right. are are going through the same everyday things that you know Joe is going through down the street. That's watching uh, his favorite NFL, NBA, MLB players. Right. I, I think it's a it's a great film, and it's a it just shows that light, which right. I think is amazing. Well, I think we're getting to that point where we can share those stories more, and like athletes are getting a chance to kind of speak out in that regard. For sure. And yeah. you know, I think. I think the NFL is maybe a little on edge with that because I think things are coming out more and more oh, gradually. I don't like that. And yeah. so, you know, and I, I, I've never been in the NFL, but like <laughs> I have friends who have just said, you know, I, I'm, I, I said as a producer, what was, what is, how is the NFL portrayed in your eyes? And they said, it's just, it's, it's negative. You know, it's, it's, it's the bad aspects of what we're doing, not the positives. And I've had those conversations like we're having right now where you yeah. learn so much. People are in, in that league, or they're forward thinking in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, it's just cool to hear those stories and get those out yeah, there. Yeah, I think it's important to control your own narrative, you know, because exactly so much stuff gets put out gets put out there nowadays where you don't have control over it, right? But like you know, outlets like un- Uninterrupted, it's like being able to have control of that messaging right. is so important because, like you said, what sells is the negativity of the NFL, mm-hmm. right? That, that's that's what sells. Like, oh, this player went broke or. He had a domestic violence in, uh, issue, or he got a DUI. Like that stuff sells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But nobody's really talking about the stuff off the field. Like nobody's talking about what Spencer's doing right now. Like that's yeah. unheard of. So it's like, you know, we got to start being more intentional about telling these stories more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, 
I feel like we're getting there, and it's it's been cool to see what a lot of these NFL guys are doing. So right. No, absolutely. Even uh, even AB on on the shop on HBO just aired about a week and a half ago, yeah. where he talks about the perception of the NBA versus the NFL, where you know NBA contracts are guaranteed, yep. but when it comes to NFL, the people that have the most risk, you know, the most risk to bodily harm, the contracts aren't guaranteed. So when you have mm. somebody that wants to take a stance, he has to put his check up, essentially, like. How are you going to take a knee or how are you going to talk about injustice or how are you going to just take a stand on anything that the NFL deems unworthy mm -hmm. when you know that they can take that away? They can take your livelihood away in one fell swoop. I've yeah. seen guys, I've played with guys that they took a stance on something right. and that next week their lockers are empty now. And it's for another reason. It's for, oh, we actually need to fill another oh, role yeah. in our defensive line or on our receiver course. Like, oh, really? It wasn't because... You know, he spoke out about police brutality on Twitter or he got in an argument with somebody right. on Instagram or something like the in, the NFL, from my perspective, they're the police. They're, they're just overseeing <laughs> what, what we're doing and not allowing us to roam free and do the things that we want to do, which is the biggest difference when it comes to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's an interesting thing. Right. So I've been kind of privy to what the NFL license in terms of control right mm -hmm. so it gets passed down it's top down from the from the higher ups to the team so when i come in to the team meeting room all i hear is we want guys who love ball <laughs> right nice. i'm like you know, at first i'm like that's cool no we want you to love ball yeah which really means we want you to have nothing in your life going for you except for ball mm -hmm. yeah you understand so mm -hmm. if you're pursuing a music career or you're doing stuff in real estate or like they don't want you involved in that stuff because it takes away from you know you as a player in their minds, and so they don't want you to broaden that scope yeah. as a human being. They yeah. want you to love ball. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Have you ever had that trick question yeah. of uh, a coach walks by? This every every player has experienced this. You're walking down a hallway, a coach is walking past you, and it's usually an older coach, but they look you down the eye and they go, "You like football? You like ball? Right?" And you like, "Yes, I do I'm like here. ball." <laughs> But they want you to say, no, coach, I, I love, love it. Yeah. I lo I, yeah. It's it's the biggest fuck you to like your craft because like, no, I'm here. Like, why wouldn't why would I be here if I didn't like love? That's interesting. Right. right. You know, yeah. this is this is my livelihood. Why would I and not there's aspects, be there's, here for that? There's right. coaching aspects at every level. It's weird, kind of like that. And it's it's just it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But hey, I know we're running out of time, but Derek, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, and uh, sure. just kind of sharing these stories Thanks with us and me. just just you know we're, we're we're excited to just have this as an outlet and talk about this space and just get guys like yourself that are doing some really cool things on so for sure man yeah. i appreciate, I appreciate think, that i think closing up i don't know if you have an answer for this and if you don't by all means but what is a movie or a doc that you would recommend to somebody that's listening to this podcast mm. something that you stand by somebody something that like maybe it was important to your childhood or whatever Throw something out there. Plug okay. it. Well, I see childhood. I mean, like we talked about this a little bit, like what influenced me growing up. And mm -hmm. it was like, it was comedy. You know, yes. like I, I developed a sense of humor based on what I watched, whether it was Fresh Prince, you know, Malcolm in the Middle, like The Simpsons, like Martin. So yeah. those things had a big influence on, you know, me growing up and being like a class clown. Um, but like I said, like my taste and what I watched and what I consumed started to change. And I'll leave you with this is more of on a serious note and it kind of talks to like what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I watched this documentary called Poverty Inc. 
Okay. I don't know if you guys seen that, no. but it really dives into the industry of philanthropy and charity. Oh wow! And okay. How for you know decades we've been employing the system that doesn't f- systemically fix things. Right. It essentially puts a bandaid uh, on on issues, and you know, in Haiti, Haiti used to be a big exporter of a lot of products, but when that earthquake happened, people it was a huge influx of resources and rice and so if you're yeah. a rice farmer i'm not going to buy anything from you because there's a pile of free rice from the u.s that mm-hmm. was donated so it was killing their economy so wow. now 10 years later however many years it was you look back every they have a surplus of things that people can't produce wow so there's no economy so it kind of transitioned to me into kind of saying you know what are what are better ways at helping people outside right. of a football camp or mm-hmm. you know giving a five thousand dollar check to my high school so it it kind of turned my lens to the industry of impact investment yeah you know how can you put your dollar to work get a financial return but then at the same time get some type of social or environmental return yeah so i've just really been you can feel it. the effect and kind of see it because sometimes yeah, you throw like, money places you don't know where sure, the hell's that going man. like re- if real money is put behind certain issues then you're going to start seeing change well, I know, cool. and I know you have to go, but I know just how we met. We met through uh, Caleb Thornhill, who's the player engagement coach for the Miami Dolphins. Right. Last year, he put together a business combine comprised of about 30 NFL players, mm-hmm. all set in New York City, where for a week, we just talked over uh, business deals and, and looked over decks and just really immersed ourselves in that world. And that's how we met. Yeah. But since then, we've kept up on a bunch of different uh, business ventures and just throwing ideas yeah. back and forth. Even and, on the Slack channel. Yeah, even on the, we, on the Slack I think channel. We started talking on that yes. before New York. We were yes. sharing deals and whatnot. But I don't know if you want to tell them about the yeah, Slack. Yeah, so the, so we have a Slack chat, a Slack channel comprised of about 15 or 20 uh, NFL players, both retired and currently playing. And we don't talk ball in it at, at all. all. It's all tech deals. It's all pitch decks. It's, it's just showing us that we're diving into this world of tech and this world of higher learning when it comes to just our influence. And I remember a couple of months ago, you reached out to me about seeing if any of my investments were uh, uh, investing into private prisons. Yeah. And I remember I told my financial advisor to look into that. And fortunately for me, like, I don't have any investments that are looking in private prisons, but right. it's a testament to you uh, in terms of charity, in terms of l- using your platform for something better than just playing football. And I commend you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks Absolutely. for checking too. <laughs> <laughs> I had to check. I, I would have been like heavy right. on my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, cool. I mean, yeah, just keep in touch with Derek. It's been cool. Cool chatting, so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're, you're our first guest. Welcome. You're always welcome. You're our friend now. Hey, first guest. I, I feel honored to be in the inaugural guest. <laughs> thank I appreciate you. y'all having me. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. And I was by. a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> I see the truth come out. <laughs> and, you know, when it, you know, uh, just wrapping up, again, this is the Film Study Podcast. Uh, Derek, do you want to show, uh, share with anybody uh, where they can find you? Instagram, yeah, you Twitter? Yeah, you can find me at dmorg91, Instagram, Twitter. So let's talk Captain Marvel. Let's and this it. is one last warning. This is a spoiler review. So if you're amped on this movie and want to go see it, don't listen to this part <laughs> of the segment. But if you have, we want to hear we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you think about all this. So, you know, because we are very opinionated on the Marvel universe. I got my thoughts. Yeah. I got my and thoughts. And you called it a pit stop in a larger trip. Because that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it just like how Ant Man and the Wasp was uh, last year with Infinity War. This is the pit stop to Endgame. Yeah. You know, and granted, every movie that comes out right now is a pit stop to Endgame because that's what we're, we're looking to April for that. It's literally the definition of Endgame, <laughs> like, kind of. But, yeah. but it, was, it was a decent movie. It, 
You know, I don't, it wasn't groundbreaking in my opinion. Right. Uh, it was a good time. It was a good two hours. I had a great time. Yeah. It was a solid two hours that, and, you know, producer Matt and producer TD are here too. They've seen <laughs> it as well. Matt actually worked on the film as a production assistant. I did. Which, how was that? Was that it a was, cool experience? It was great. I mean, I've got, it was my first job post baseball. So I got released at spring training last year. And I'm within, sorry, man. Uh, it, it's okay. My, <laughs> Every my knees are happy. Yeah, I'll yeah, say that. Cool. But he's got a baseball shirt on though right now, everybody. He's you gotta stay on brand. <laughs> gotta stay on brand. Uh but uh, it was it was my first job post baseball. Um I had no experience being on set and I was in charge. They gave me disro. To, so disro is basically like every, anything that needs to be handed out uh on set, I was in charge of that. Yeah. Nice. Um which on a Marvel movie. It's pretty fucking intense, <laughs> right? Like you've got these sides that like with the with the script that are watermarked the yeah. everything and it's like no one else can see that you have to hand these directly to the people. <laughs> but I had never been on a set and they're like okay, you need to go find the grip truck. Like yeah. go go hand this to the grip and I'm like What's a what's a grip? What's a, yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. a grip? The guy holding stuff? That guy's holding yeah. stuff. He's gripping something, but <laughs> I mean, there was so much that happened. It was an amazing experience, uh, learning-wise for me, just being on set. I was on second unit, which uh, we did a lot of stunts and inserts. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't much dialogue. So it gave me a lot of opportunities to ask questions yeah. about the industry. Yeah. But man, those scrolls are scary <laughs> you, looking. Uh, it was. I was scared. You kick it with Brie Larson? No, <laughs> I I kicked it with Brie Larson's assistant. She was on set, and okay. I like small steps. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I talked yeah. to her. She was she was really cool. Um, but the, the scrolls, man, like that. So there was, what this, were your overall thoughts on the movie? I, I, he got to see it earlier. You went to the premiere, right? No, no screening. You went to a, a, screening. a screening, the, the cast and crew screening, which is definitely like for the, well, you were, crew. I don't think there was any cast there. I think okay. it was mostly just the thousand visual effects people <laughs> that work on that movie. And then like some people in production, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought. It's really tough to do a 90s movie. That mm -hmm. was kind of my takeaway mm -hmm. right now. It's really right. tough to do a 90s movie because mm -hmm. there's nothing that defines the the generation or the decade like from an iconography standpoint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like the 80s. Like when you think of the 80s, you think of like strobe light, well, that technically has 70s, but like neon lights is 80s and just just the allure that comes with it, the futuristic yeah. uh, uh, music that came out of the 80s, you know, like guys like Prince and Freddie Mercury who just ruled that era. But when you think of the 90s, like we're still trying to figure out what the 90s is. Maybe It's a shitload of denim <laughs> and it's like a bunch of Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Maybe like the further we get away from the 90s, the more we'll be able to like pull the two or three things that clearly define that era. Yeah. But I think Captain Marvel did an admirable job of throwing in, like we, we all laughed when we saw uh, the earliest forms of like the internet like popping up or when when they oh, when they put in the CD yeah. and they're all waiting for it to play and they're like what's happening right even now? the scroll was like Ugh. That was he was staring <laughs> at the AOL download thing like but that was funny but like going to an internet cafe like that was a thing that in the thing. 90s yeah. and it's, it was just funny seeing things that you you thought you forgot that you, pop yeah. up on the screen and there's a scene there's a scene where she is questioning Nick Fury, a young Nick Fury, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, if he's really a scroll or not. And one of the ways you do that is you ask them a personal question. And yeah. he, re he replies, do you want my AOL password? It was like <laughs> little things like that where it was like, that's fun, that's cool. But I mean, I understand with a lot of what you're saying and some aspects of it kind of felt 
to me though like a 90s film like yeah. like a speed or like you know um some, what else was a total recall yeah. um, i love the jamie lee curtis and arnold reference by the way with true lies and yeah. blockbuster blockbuster was cool that was cool to see and i know you were looking at the shelves at what what movies oh, absolutely. were probably but the, the fact we there. talked about true lies a couple days ago of how that is like the quintessential 90s movie the cheesy 90s 90s action, action movie, flick whereas like bad boys is to me like the 90s true action movie but if you're talking cheesy over the top action you got to go true lies but some of it felt like that kind of 90s action where it was just an old school chase scene like with mm -hmm. you know like with a uh, with the train and I, and I I loved that scene I thought that was was awesome I loved seeing I loved that it was in Los Angeles as yeah. an LA resident it, it was just cool to see that and so I I, I I think I liked it. It's fair to say I liked it more than you did. I also just am big into like the whole Marvel mythos. So yeah. whatever's pushing that story forward, I kind of get on board with. Well, we haven't um, had we haven't had a apparently like a Los Angeles based superhero story since uh, Iron Man three, correct? Iron Man, well, yeah, which the was Christmas more, movie of was, the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shane Black, he does all Christmas movies. By the way, all of his movies take place during Christmas. Not all, but a lot, majority of them. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a fun <laughs> fact. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, what what else you guys want to talk about when it comes to just like, what did you get from this story, from this movie? I mean, let's open it up. TD, do you got any thoughts towards this? Towards yeah, I mean, Captain Marvel was interesting to me. Uh, I would say, I'm with you, though. It was a filler episode, and it's interesting ah. that you can think of <laughs> a hundred million, whatever the budget was, as filler episodes, but Marvel with 20 movies now, essentially, almost, you, they can't do that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the 90s integration was was forced in, in, in spots, like you land right in a blockbuster. Like right <laughs> yeah, that there. was convenient. And, then and all of in sudden, LA, by the way. Radio yeah. Shack. And it's like, it was just like just trying to play the hits, which like to your point, with the 90s, it's kind of tough to find that distinct flavor. It feels like the 90s is more like the early iterations of what we're doing now. It doesn't have like its own thing. Yeah. Um, it just feels like, oh, the internet was there, but now we have a better internet. Mm. You know, <laughs> Blockbuster was there, now we have Netflix. Now like, it, yeah. just, it doesn't feel like the 90s is, even though I'm a 90s baby, um, it doesn't feel like it has its own distinct flavor. But as far as the movie goes, um, you know, let's talk about the scrolls. I know you know, yeah. Matt, you want to talk about that. And that was a big switch and twist. And this is the second time Marvel has sort of done something like this. And first time, again, Iron Man 3 with the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And that was a big switch. And it is, this was probably better done than that. It's I not gonna so. You're not going to have as much vitriol as the, you know, yeah. the first one got. But I do think it was... It kept me guessing the entire time. I was like, is he going to switch back? Because what's his last name? Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Yeah. Here's, here's what threw me off. Yeah. I did not think I would get an emotional arc from a scroll in a Captain <laughs> exactly. Marvel movie. And I thought that was surprising. Yeah. But also kind of, fu kind of fun and cheesy. That, yeah. Like that aspect of it. Because as a comic dork, like the scrolls were, they were bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't know where they're going to go with this. They can do whatever they want. But like. I'm sorry. At the end of that movie, when they were just sitting down at the table and he's wearing like civilian wearing clothes, a hoodie, yeah, a hoodie. He, he was and wearing shit. like a like a Nike the blazer, fleece. yeah, a blazer like, too. This yeah, is like it was just weird. This is weird. <laughs> but I, I'm with you. Like like with the scrolls. And by the way, the scrolls were the villains. It's it's who or supposed villains. Um, it's who Ben Mendelsohn is. He's the leader, Talos. Yeah, and mm -hmm. he he is, you know, they're shapeshifters. So you know, Ben Mendelsohn plays plays both roles. Um, and I thought he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the film was Ben Mendelsohn. He was great. He, yeah. was, he was absolutely great. And you don't ever you don't see that coming because he always plays the villain, right? You talk Ready yeah. Player One, you talk Star Wars. Like 
that's his thing. It is. And it's like, so you don't really see that switch coming. One random fact, though, the one thing CGI or just technology has not figured out in movie making is shapeshifters, like, you know, them, you know, the scroll, and also, like, Mystique, like, the clothes. Right. What like happens to the clothes? from Goosebumps. It's true. It's just, Sometimes, it yeah. Is, it I, just kind of rolls into it. I wondered that, too. I also wondered when Carol, at the end, uh, puts on her uh, Air Force jacket and, like, turns into, f- and, like, just lights herself fire. up, and, the, and the, the jacket's just fine. I'm like, damn, that's, <laughs> no. like, tough fabric. Yeah. But, like, that's what I want to talk about is... <laughs> If plasma and this light force is so strong, how is she like throwing plasma bombs at people and they're not exploding? Like, how strong is this plasma? Yeah. If you're in a fight it's, and you it's can't convenient. even like, Let's, do a fireball. I know somebody. we're getting a little nitpicky. How she like for anyone who's, for everyone who saw this, she's the most power. She's being called the most powerful character in, in the, the universe. Cinematic yep. universe. Yep. And she runs through a fucking spaceship in this movie, <laughs> and it. This spaceship isn't just a spaceship. It's like a massive freighter or whatever yeah, it's it like is. A, it's like Thanos, it, one of Thanos' spaceships. She does it like with her eyes closed. And I'm like, well, what What the fuck? What's the point of having her in Endgame? She can just do shit like yeah. this. Yeah. Like, also, where she's been the past 20 years, which I know is a completely different discussion. On the other side of the universe is what they said. Right. And I did think that was interesting how they connected with the with the pager and stuff like yep. that. And they even they even threw something in there, I feel like, could have been a late addition with a lot of these questions where it was like, this is how far it goes. So yeah. maybe they kind of use that. Like maybe that's well, why we didn't get to her. Maybe that's why. I guess that's the big question, right? And let's maybe focus on that a little bit. Is like the explanation given was, yeah. "Hey, Fury, only hit me up for emergencies." Like that was the only thing we hear. And then all of a sudden, she's gone for two plus decades. Yeah, like yeah. how did that sit? What would you? There's guys? been 22 emergencies since you left. <laughs> <laughs> all the like, movies. <laughs> like, well, but I, I mean, she's essentially powered by the space stone, space stone, the Tesseract, yep, right? Correct. And yep. I think that's where her hmm. power is limited, right? And it, it's not the full thing, but she's powered by one of the infinity stones, stones and that is how Ooh. she still fits in. She's essentially like, she's a little more powerful than Vision, right? Like yeah, Vision yeah, yeah. was the the pinnacle because yep. he was powered by the actual she's stone. Kind of, she's kind of like yeah. a human version of Vision in the MCU. Yep. Yeah. Well, imagine imagine this and taking another page out of uh, Christopher Nolan and Interstellar. What if whatever galaxy or uh, part of the universe she went to, time over there ran slower. So exactly. maybe she was maybe she was gone for twenty two or whatever years. But to her, it was like I've been gone for sixteen hours. Like what the hell happened? Exactly. Yeah. So Whoa. I think, yeah. Think about that. Like, were you thinking that last night? Yeah. Like Damn. she could have come back, and you saw the. You know, again, spoilers, you saw the look on her face when she came back and we kind of, you know, throw her 20 years into the future. She comes back like, what the fuck happened to Fury? She looks like right. she's been through shit, too. Yeah. Exactly. Like, she looked like, like, ugh. But like she which, can easily say, like, oh, I went and dropped them off at the new plane. I come back and now all, all hell is fu- broken loose. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's a really great theory. And that would actually justify a lot of, of this. But to your point of how she looks, and this might just be a design thing from the Russo brothers who are obviously directing Endgame, is she looks like she has a different outfit on. She does. Yeah. She have a different outfit on. She looks like she's been through some things. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just didn't feel like it was justified enough as to why all of a sudden she, you know, the strongest being in the universe is now only getting caught into action 20 years later. What I think that's the one thing, the biggest takeaway is that there are a lot of questions in regards to, you know, I, one of Carol Danvers' important key figures in her life was her mother in the comics. And I don't, you don't, you, you, excuse me her dad you know 
turns out to be a dick. You don't really see any <laughs> presence from her mom, you know? So like, I was a little curious about that. Um, I feel like we got an origin story, but in a very condensed manner. Yeah. And like, I still felt like there was like, we got half of an origin story. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, cause they were trying to fit in, uh, you know, Nick Fury. Nick, yep. was it Joseph Fury? And yep. he was my favorite uh, part of the film. Yeah, to, it was. For sure. It was almost as if it was like a buddy comedy, a buddy yep. action comedy to yep. now. You got a young, a young Nick Fury with an old face yeah. and, a, and a wild yep. hairline, but they had to fit two origin stories into a two-hour time frame, and I enjoyed that part of it because you see where Nick Fury got his eye patch from, and that he was lying about it. The How whole time. do we feel about that? By the way. <laughs> Like this, the one comedic moment of this random cat. What, what's it called? I, a flurkin. The flurkin. I, the flurkin. I was on set f for that. That was one of the things that we shot. And having a cat, it was like, all right, bring in the flurkin. <laughs> and but it, it's, did they it's, say that? Bring in the yeah. Flirkin. Bring in that's bring cool. in the flurkin. That's great. Um, but that's it's tough to have an animal on set. Just mm -hmm. like side note, because it's everyone. I read they it. had a few, but the main yeah. cat was a, a cat named Reggie. I saw. I saw an interview by Sam and Jackson. He's like, "Yeah, I kicked it with Reggie a lot." Yeah, it was cool. No, it, it was really cool. But I, I'm, I'm with it. Like, I, I think that Marvel does a better job at explaining these like winks and nods of like, "Oh, that's why this is," yeah. than Star Wars does with like how Han Solo got his name. Yeah, like that feel that force, right? Like. I don't What's feel your like name? this Han, is much Han better. Solo. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's it, it it ties in, and it's like last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye, and he was That's a flirking, not someone. Yeah, uh, sure, okay, <laughs> but it was a cat to him. In a way, though, I mean, I guess yeah, that's someone. I the actually cat. thought when that was he was going to lose his eye was when Ben's character. Sorry, I didn't want to mess up his last name, but when Talos yeah initially knocked him down in like the little control room and uh, he can see he messed up his eye. I thought that's when his eye was going to because he trusted his boss, and mm -hmm. I thought that was going to be the reference. But I mean, just overall between that and then also the Avenger. Like yeah. as her nickname as a pilot, you didn't being like that? the no, I thought that was I actually also loved forced. that. I, I love that too. I loved that. I thought it was forced. It, it did feel a little forced. Yeah. I, I can understand. He's he's next to me. He's like, whoa, it's whoa, awesome. <laughs> and you didn't break. You were like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And I I I love that. I can understand that, and I totally respect that. Like I just, we don't have to respect. It. It's fine. We can mix it up. <laughs> I understand that. I don't respect that. <laughs> there we go. But uh, no, it, I liked I liked that. But at the same time, like, I mean, I guess nothing happened for 13 years, really. Yeah. Nick yeah. Fury. He uh, started finding and looking, looking at it. Cap eventually. So it's amazing that, found. You know, that project still survived over that yeah. time. Well, it, it's, it's funny to me because I'm watching this movie and there were so many similarities to, and this is, a, this is a surprise, but I saw a lot of Independence Day in this movie. Mm. Like, even down, yeah. to, even down to the, the spacecraft fight in between the canyon, like, that was some some of those shots were like shot for shot Independence it's Day weird. with Will Smith. Shout out to Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael thought, Bay. Yeah. With explosions and shit. But like the buddy buddy commentary, the the Air Force, the cat, like like it was it to me it just looked a little bit too much like Independence Day slash like Men in Black ish. Like it was weird. I, it was weird that I, those popped into my head when I was watching this movie. I would watch a whole movie on um that war, that intergalactic war. Yeah. That Kree Scroll War. And like everything that would like, that was a big arc in the comics. And I think when they were talking about that and this idea of like this supreme intelligence, which is like thrown together from all the best leaders in history of like this, I think just it's crazy to look at the detail that goes into creating these kind of landscapes. And like I loved 
like Hala and like what that looked like yeah. and like how you know her little routines of wait, like just waking up in the morning and kind of looking out her window, which everyone does everywhere, you know, and you kind of you see this whole this whole new world and I, I like that. I like that. And that SEAL Team Six kind of thing they had, <laughs> that you know, Star Force, that was that was fun. That opening scene more on that Torfa, chemistry with them, right? That yeah. opening scene on Torfo was was fun. That was cool. Yeah, that was that was good. That was good. By the way, it was Roland Emmerich. My bad. Michael Bay. I was thinking more Bad Boys. And oh, okay. Like, uh, you know, what what else did Bay do in Just the nineties? Everything. Yeah, did every exactly. explosion in the nineties. I'm gonna get in all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that was that was a really good intro to the movie. Right. Um, overall, though, like we always talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and. You give him a lot of props because of how well, how thought through everything seems. And like Kevin Feige, with a lot, in a lot of interviews, would be like, "No, we actually didn't know. We didn't think about this, I and mean, it just kind of works out." And you just feel like he's being almost nice and almost humble. But this is the first time I felt like, "Oh, they really didn't know what they were doing here, and just yeah. kind of have to mash it up together." Because last week a report came out saying initially Captain Marvel was supposed to be introduced in Age of Ultron. Yeah, in the yeah. post credit scene. Sweden. Exactly. Right. So it's like this really felt like the one character they didn't really know how they're going to fit her in, and this is the movie we got as a as a result. So, see, that's uncharacteristic from from my theory with uh, with Marvel and just the massive success that it is. Is I think everything is pre-calculated from the interviews to to Tom Holland being like, "Oh, I'm the dopey sidekick to everybody in this in this universe." Whenever he's like slipping up and saying something in the interviews, yep. or when uh, Don Cheadle, um, oh, playing character with Mark yeah. Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, yeah. when they Ruffalo, said like, oh, like everybody's straight up gone. blew the movie, and I was like, yeah. "That was in my like, head." You in my head, I'm like, "No, this is this is premeditated. Like, you can't be on this set for X amount of months and know what this is, and then slip up and say something like that." Like, to it's it's all premeditated. That's like. Put my conspiracy hat which, on. Which is why I think like I can look past some of those things because there's so many moments like that in movies, like the Thor movie, like the third movie in Ragnarok? the MCU. No, or, no oh, the, original the, oh, the original Thor, Thor. which Spencer mm -hmm. thinks is terrible. Trash. Um, Thor two is the worst though, right? Thor, yeah, Dark World. Is yeah. Like, I think Dark that's World the worst MCU yeah. movie. I mean, they're battling yeah. for well, top spot Thor, in, in the trash. Dark bin. World was alright. I didn't hate it. I'm weird. Dark. But that looks. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible to me. But anyways. The Infinity Gauntlet shows up in Thor, the first one. Mm -hmm. And then to retcon that, in the Thor 3, right, Kate yep. Blanchett's character pushes it and goes, fake. fake. Like, <laughs> yeah. and they, they made it work. Yeah, they yeah. made it work. So like, yeah. I don't trip about those kind of things, but at the same time, I get it. And I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, you know? I'm not the type to like dive into just inconsistencies and timeline and the little nitpicking stuff. It was just more so like just from an idea standpoint, it just felt like, Captain Marvel was a movie that they didn't really know. Like, they weren't super confident exactly where to place her. And it just felt like, again, I, I feel like it felt forced in, in sport in spots. But, you know, it's it was a good movie all around. And I know Matt worked on it. I feel bad. I feel like that's a show. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's hey, a show. That's but. my show. Uh, yeah, that's what I found out when you go to Hollywood. Yeah, I work on this show. Did you work on this show? I worked yeah. on Anything's yeah. a show. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's not a it's movie. It's like trading cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's your show. Oh, yeah, I worked on that show. <laughs> I what show to. are you working on? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't take offense to yeah. it. Um, I enjoyed it. I also was watching it very differently. I was like, I'm behind that wall right there in <laughs> yeah, that shot. Yeah. You know how I feel sad for in this whole like universe of superhero films? Jaiman Hansu. Oh, so, yes. Dude, he was on set a lot. He's yes. a great guy. So like Jaiman yes. Hansu plays a, a Korath. And he's like he's essentially the one character that they allow to pop in between Every DC universe. and Marvel. And he's like, he's guys, like, just like, can you he guys keep an, me he here? Like, sign me too. to a long contract? Yes. And they're like, 
Nah, you're, you're good. He's you can go day, over there. Ten day contract player. <laughs> I like, think they just send him like. Yeah. I think they're just like, hey, do you want to do stuff? Like, like, do you just want to hang out? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like other actors, like, hey, I kind of want to go over to DC. Or I kind of want to go to Marvel. Like, no, you're in your contract. Whereas Jaiman's yep. like. Hey, I, I have to all. go. Can I go do this? Yeah, you're good. You, you, well, can go. you can go play outside. And not getting off topic, but there's rumors that Dave Bautista is doing that too with Suicide Squad. Team. Oh, the, yeah, because he's, he's James Gunn. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a gun guy. So, uh, But yeah, Honsu is actually in, like you said, Aquaman is also in Shazam. That's coming up, coming up here in the next month. Also Captain Marvel, you, technically. Yeah. Um, I actually ran into him. I've never worked on set before. I actually ran into him as a Playa Vista Whole Foods, if you're oh, any, yeah. any of the folks in L.A. Yeah. Um, so interesting guy there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's speaking of casting, obviously Brie Larson playing the lead role mm -hmm. really quick. How did you guys feel about her portrayal of I, Carol Danvers? I mean, I love, I love Brie Larson as an actress. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, everything she's, it's, it's funny, you know, she's an Academy Award winner now and I'm, uh, Spencer and I working, working the other day and, uh, the league, the show, the league is playing yeah. in the background and league she shows, she shows up as, uh, uh, Nick Kroll's. Au pair? Au pair? Yeah, yeah. Au pair. <laughs> and she ends up having a relationship with, with Ralphie. And I'm like, man, your career has changed. I know. It's this like Pam 2.0. I love my own. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's but I, you know, I, I thought she did a great job. I, I think it was for what they gave her to do. Yeah. I thought she did a great job. And like I said, you know, earlier in the show, that actually was very cool seeing that girl next to me react the way she oh, did. Oh, that's awesome. And, that you know, feels, I have yeah. two older sisters and, you know, it, They'd never seen something like that, and you know, yeah. my sisters, you know, one of them's close to forty, and yeah. that's and that's crazy to me. So that was cool to see the reaction. I got a little uncomfortable, but at the same time, I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, yo, like if I had a daughter, she she was with her dad. It was cool, right? It, was cool it wasn't. Experience. She wasn't a, a hyper sexualized female character. Like suit was right, yeah, right. Like there was that, yeah. There was nothing gratuitous. Forward, there was nothing. nothing, you know, and like and that was great. And we shouldn't even have to be addressing that. But right, like, exactly. It was cool to. It, it was cool. It was just a yeah. good movie. Uh, to me, it was just a good movie. With a strong lead, I thought Brie did a great job with what she had to work with. I think she, I think she eased into this role as best she could. And that's not a knock on anything, but for what they gave her for the storyline, knowing that it's coming out a month before Endgame, she took that role and she made it her own. And yeah. that's all we, that's all we can ask for. Was, yeah, I, was no. I expecting an Oscar-worthy performance, or you know, her standing up saying like, you know, iconic feminist lines? Like, no. But there was a couple in there like that where like the third act in the movie gets a little, you know, feminist heavy. Yep. And, you know, not for for good or for bad, but I don't need to prove anything to you. Yeah, it, that was it was, the line. Yeah, there was uh, there was it also was talk about um, the emotions too. Like uh, yep. I thought there was a controlling emotions. Yeah, controlling your emotions <laughs> mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. like that, or being told to smile. And these like little nods. It didn't need to beat you over the head. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of shit right now does. Right, it's just like get the message, get the message, get the yep. and you right. know, it's like it, for this, I was like, I walked out and I was like. That was a cool movie. Yeah. That was a good comic book movie. There was a guy early in the on the um scroll spaceship that had the whole cockpit thing from her memory. It's like yeah. you remember why it's called a cockpit, oh, right? Yeah. And then the second time it pops up, she just blasts the TV screen and <laughs> just kinda walks away. I so remember that. <laughs> nice little little spots here and there. Um I thought it was interesting, like the the you know, her she was very earnest, it's very straight to the point when she's at her best friend's house and the neighbor comes by and she's just so set and so serious. That, that was, was fun. Scene. That was cool. Um I think she's really going to shine in the same way Doctor Strange shined in Infinity War, where in his own movie, he can kind of feel a little bit flat. And I feel sometimes she felt a little bit flat. But in Endgame, this is where I think MCU and Feige comes into play, is that they're thinking about how she fits into the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not just about a movie, but when she's around 
Cap, when she's around Black Widow, she has to have a distinct enough personality that adds to the mix and that, you know, mm-hmm. that's how dynamic it gets. So that's what I'm waiting on to see is how her earnest and how she just behaves, um, how she mixes up with the rest of the crew. That's going to be right. fun. Because ideally they're going to want to do another Thor Ragnarok where it's like, Thor, Hulk, oh. and then Spider-Man Homecoming, it's Spider-Man, Iron Man. Like yep. They're going to want to do more of that stuff team ups, coming yeah, up, the team-ups, yeah. as opposed to like the whole team coming yep. together. Yeah. yeah, And I think that's like that's where she'll shine in, in certain and situations. Someone, that's a yeah. good way to put it, though, because I can I consistently say Doctor Strange is the MVP of Endgame. No, it's, of, he was, uh, it, of Infinity War. He was awesome in Infinity War. Yeah. It's like it took that next level where yeah. he was fully, you know, the, you know, the forget the... I, I love that movie, but like, but yeah. that opening New York scene in Infinity War where he just kind of goes nuts. And yeah, he's like a full-on in control of his powers, everything. Like, it was yeah, great. It yeah, was great so that'll be cool. And in the... In the end trailer sequence or the mid trailer se- or mid credit sequence, mm-hmm. my bad. Um, it that got me so hyped. Like it looked like an Avengers movie in yeah. the small frame. Like even just yeah. in the small things we saw, you know. And it looked fresh. They're talking. It looked like everyone's talking about a time jump with this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm expecting some kind of big time jump. Yeah, or something. Whatever time you were talking about earlier. So maybe it's shit like that. Maybe I don't know. Time cool. jump. But, I like that. But maybe that's it, and we don't know yet. But they were all fresh off of just what happened in Infinity War when she shows up. So that mm. gave us an idea of like, well, they're going to move forward with her. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what yeah. that's going to look like, mm-hmm. but I, I, the idea of her in the same room with like Cap and Black Widow, that was cool. I think one person that didn't need to be in this film was Agent Coulson. Like for me, every time you saw Agent Coulson, he was on screen to say, look what makeup and graphics can do. Like, I look like I'm 20 years old now. Like, he re- he had, like, barely any lines. You know, part of it, he was a scroll. But when you saw Agent Coulson on there, it's like, oh, my hair, I don't have any gray hair. Like, yep. I have no wrinkles or anything. Like, we didn't need you the in this film, bro. Yep. We didn't. And speaking of forced, even, like, some of the dialogue in that regard was forced, where I thought, like, she doesn't give a shit about Coulson the whole movie. Yep. And then at the end, she's like, that guy in the stairs. Yeah, who is he? Who didn't shoot It's a nod. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a nod, thing, yeah. and I totally get it. But at the yeah. same time, I kind of went... Mm. No. Yeah. Like, you didn't the, have to be in this movie. In the stairs was the only time... They did a great job with the de-aging. In the stairs... Like, like, Samuel L. Jackson didn't even notice it the whole time. Completely forgot about it. The only time I noticed it was Clark Gregg in the stairwell, mm. where it's that shot of him looking up yeah, at him. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you, can, you can see it a yeah. little bit more. But uh, yeah, they yeah. did a great job with that. And even the legacy people, um, or legacy did a great job with the scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to, uh, so I want to get into like what these quick hits, I want to give some like awards. Yes, yeah, uh, do it. It's just super quick on this, since we were touching, uh, talking to the, about the end game, sorry, uh, mid credit scene is one thing that stood out to me. I was talking to Matt about this was Cap doesn't look like Cap physically, like Chris, <laughs> the actor, like oh, he really? actually doesn't look super Jack. Like yeah. it's that it look, it's like it's like wait, that's not that's not the way you expect Cap to be. And it's like it makes you wonder when exactly that was shot. Was that shot with Captain Marvel? Was that shot super early on? Like obviously in their lives, not Chris Evans is not always super, you know, two twenty pounds and whatnot, but. I, maybe I thought that was interesting. Because half the population died. He's going through a depression. And uh, just like maybe. Yeah. Stop working out. Stop working out. Remember yeah. in the first one, he can't get drunk. <laughs> That's I true. mean, if your CrossFit instructor, like, instructor dies, like you can't work out, essentially. Right. Like, yeah. He's probably went to a gym and was like, where the fuck is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> or it's a free gym membership. So, I don't know. But uh, um, so I want so I want to go through these this award section, right? So the first one I, I kind of want to hit is like, who is your MVP of this movie? 
I mean, I would say it's the duo of Brie Larson and Sam Samuel L. Jackson. Just that uh, cool MVPs. Cool MVPs. That. Like mm. them mm. sitting. It felt like they have been in movies together in the past. And uh, they have. It, it didn't. Yeah, exactly. Like it just didn't feel like they were two people trying to figure each other out. They knew from the first scene where he walks up to her uh, when she's like literally hijacking a telephone booth. You know, again, right. 90s telephone booth. But they're just their dialogue together felt very natural, which I appreciated. I also liked the telephone booth worked to contact <laughs> yeah. another world. Yep. I was kind of dying at that. Yeah. Great. Um, I would say I'd just I'd co MVPs, yeah, but I would say Samuel Jackson, just because as a Marvel nerd, I liked understanding a little bit more about him and yeah. like his his agenda moving forward. Um the eye thing kind of bummed me out, but at the same time, like like sometimes that's like life with like these dumb stories and you're yep. just like, so I thought it was funny at the end when he was like, man, have you told, like, have you told anyone about <laughs> that? The Cree, like, like what they say? Like tortured you and burned your eye out. He's yeah. like, no, nope. that's a uh, classified. <laughs> like, but no, I just got scratched by a cat. Yep. <laughs> Flurkin, my bad. I jump uh, quickly. I'll give a shout out to Stanley. I think he's the MVP of this yeah. just because oh, that was the, man. that was like the coolest, like nod in tribute to Stanley at Wasn't the very it? top of the movie. It's, you know, the Marvel, Everyone's used yeah. to the Marvel Studios sort of open and animation, and it's all Stanley the entire time. So yeah. my theater, Chinese theater, the ovation, it was awesome. It was just yeah. an no, awesome. No, we clapped for that. Yeah. What was what was cool with Stanley's uh, his cameo in the movie is you know Captain Marvel is loosely based around ninety four and ninety five. Yep. So when she's on the train looking for a scroll, she sees him, but he's actually reading a Mallrats yes. uh, uh, script, script because yeah. Mallrats came out uh, ninety five, yep. I believe. So they they gave us a young, a younger, still old version of Stanley, Stanley. which I thought yep. was dope. That's and she actually cool. acknowledged him. It was like a nice little nod, and you know, then she smiled at him. Yeah. And it was it was it was it was nice. It was such a that and obviously intro to Spider Verse. What they did with Stanley too was pretty amazing. So it was, but yeah, when that. I mean, I think, you know, when those Marvel credits start rolling, you kind of get a feeling for a film. And, yeah. and when they did that, with just how iconic it already is after 10 years, but when they put Stan into that, it's, it was, I, I was soaking that in. It was that so was cool. great. That it was, was the the coolest one to me outside of uh, the Infinity Infinity War intro, which that was the first one that it doesn't seem cherry because it, it starts off with the doom and gloom. The score is already messed up. You're hearing <laughs> the distress signal. Like that's, yeah. those are big moments where I love he that. gets ready. I, love that. I actually think that's not going to be the last time we see Stan Lee in a Marvel movie. I think he's still going to be in every yeah. single, he's going to have a cameo in every movie because if, if we're doing way. facial graphics and everything, Spend the money to put Stan Lee in every single movie from here until. I don't think they'd even know, have to CGI him. They can just it's just it's just subtle nods. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. little things. But whatever also, they want to do. I think they, they shot a lot of stuff they, already too. I, yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. I know I, Endgame. He has a cameo. But yeah. what I'm saying is that they could have just shot a bunch of stuff in front yeah. of a green screen, right? Yeah. And like eventually, Instance. like digitally put him in. Like you get a 3D model of Stan Lee, and you can you could throw him in in the background of yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but I I kind of want to know like. So we did MVP, but but who's getting who's on the roster cut right here? Who's on cuts? Who's getting cut <laughs> in Mar in Captain Marvel two? Ooh, honestly, I would say I gotta think about. This I would say sec. Annette Bening. Uh, she played Marvel, the scientist. Really? That, because and you know this is. For I just me, didn't see. I just think it's. I think this it's is funny. for me just watching too many movies. But all I saw was like her from American Beauty. I saw the mom from American. What are you Beauty doing here, Annette Benning? Just like, just yelling at her <laughs> kids and like about to kill her husband. And she's talking to Brie Larson. I'm like, yo, like, I don't like you. You're about to kill your husband, and you had an affair. 
Wow. Like, that's that's my roster cut. But. <laughs> and it, it, I liked her. That was a character we were talking earlier, not, you know, and I got to think on that. But, you know, she was an example of like a character card called Marvel, who originally was a male in the, in the comics. Yep. And I was wondering the whole movie where they would go with that. And I thought, I actually thought that was a cool A lot angle. of people thought, and someone we haven't mentioned at all, Jude Law, right. was mm -hmm. going to be Marvel initially. I liked Jude yeah. Law in the movie. Um, my, I would probably say, I don't need a. I don't. I just. I didn't need Coulson now. I don't need him back. Right. <laughs> I, like, and I don't dislike Coulson. It's yep. just like it's just for a story purpose. Like, if, yep. if I'm going to see a sequel with her, I want her to go intergalactic and do some crazy shit. Well, yeah. even even with Jude Law, I remember I leaned over to you the first like two minutes we saw him. I go, oh, good. Like Jude Law gets, finally gets to play a good guy. Like, because he just always he has the yep. face of a villain, kind of like how Ben uh, Middleton does. Yep. But obviously, when he made the switch, I went, "Here we go!" Like, true to form. Right. But yeah. what about you guys? Haven't even mentioned Lee Pace, and I think that Ooh. says even it more was so. so it was so minor, he, right? I didn't even think it was him. Like, that's how yeah. off but, that felt. And I remember going into this, I'm like, actually, Spence, we're going to a Guardians of the Galaxy prequel in a way. Yeah. And. Uh, they gave some info on Ronan. I loved Ronan like as a character, and I thought in Guardians of the Galaxy he was great. I hope they bring him back for a bigger arc. Yeah. Um, See, I actually thought he was kind of boring in Guardians because he is boring because yeah. they didn't give him shit to do really. But like as the character, like you're saying, the character, the character in the comics, is yeah, dope. But they don't show that in the I two know. movies that he's been. <laughs> they don't show that he's just wielding a hammer and just like, <laughs> yeah. looking just at everything like, oh wow, story. this is yeah. crazy. Like, he yeah. snapped that. Give him neck something back. to do. <laughs> He almost destroyed a planet. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. he did. He did talk trash to Thanos. I got Lee Pace's back. You know, <laughs> yeah, he did have true. enough balls to talk, to, you know, trash talk Thanos. So, true. what's uh, what's true. the next award here where we wrap? That's a. Uh, Can I give a shout out to yeah. one last another character? Well, we already talked about the flirking, but so here's my crazy wild prediction. So apparently, I didn't know anything about the flirking, so I did some research last night online because I'm that kind of guy. Um, and it, the, those fangs, or you know tentacles come from a portal so it's not actually yeah. in the flirkin yeah. so what if that's how they transport to the time and space so that they all jump into flirkin's mouth i'm just saying hey. you don't yeah. know exactly. i don't know this it's, is kind of the, the, the next segment that i kind of want to get into <laughs> uh the martini shot and so in in tv and film the martini shot is the last shot of the day when you're on set so what are our final thoughts on Captain Marvel. Martini shot here. I'm going back this weekend. I'll say that. And uh, I had a good time. I, I would tell people to actively see it. I would actively tell people to see it. Excuse me. I would say I would say if you're a Marvel fan, you will embrace this. If you're just a movie fan, you'll have a good time. If you don't know comics at all and haven't seen a Marvel movie, you're wondering what the fuck's going on for quite a while. But I endorse Captain Marvel. Full on. For the casual fan that pops in and out of these Marvel movies, for the first hour of the movie, you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? What timeline? We're jumping timelines. We're going back and forth, whatever. I think from my perspective, I give it a, a joyful like seven, seven and a half. And a lot of that hinges on the uh, post-credit scene where they, they throw her 20 years into the future and now she's with the Avengers. Seven and a half. Good movie. I'll probably see it again. I'll probably see it again with you. Yes. But overall, a decent movie. I'll see it again. That scene with the Avengers was a nine, the movie. That's fine. And that's why it gets the half. <laughs> so I know you're going with the film analogy here with Martini Shot. I'm going to actually throw a sports one in here, too, and rate this based on wins and losses. Um, I would say this movie was a uh, not a big loss, but one of the very few L's the Marvel 
MCU has taken. Again, it's not because it's a bad movie. It's not in the same. It's not in the same class as The Dark World or one of the other bad Marvel movies. I think that's really the only one that stands out to me. But it is a movie that just feels like it's in just in heaven, space, and time until you get to the next big thing. But I think that sentence right there too is just like the dark, the dark world pops out out of all of these movies. So yeah. I think we're expecting a certain kind of no, exactly. Uh, it's, it's their own excellence. And, like yeah. even that wasn't like if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, even that isn't a rotten no, like movie. No. <laughs> um, but I think overall, that's kind of where Captain Marvel will kind of feel for. I always watch these movies at least twice in theaters. I'm a theater goer kind of guy. I don't know if I'm going to see Captain Marvel again, honestly. Really? Yeah. You know, I would actually I like got too much see, shit to dissect. I would actually like to see a scroll movie or just a spinoff short film of when they land in Los Angeles and they land in the water and they shapeshift. Imagine one of those scrolls like walking off to like Palos Verdes or Santa Monica and being like, yo, this is kind of nice. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to do with this intergalactic stuff. Like, I'm good over here on Abbott Kinney, just chilling. You could actually see Palace Fruities <laughs> in the background yeah. from. He could have gone there and just turned into a real estate agent. But just imagine yeah. Talos like come into one of his minions, like, "Yo, like it's time for the war." He's like, "You know, I got an acting class on Tuesday. <laughs> I got a, I got a surf I don't know lesson. if I could do yeah. that. Yeah, I'm an improv now. It's yep. a crossover with Barry. <laughs> yeah. yep. Which I do think those were. That's not the last we see the scrolls either. No, I, I hope I, not. I feel like there's going to be some kind of footprint in it. I don't. I don't know though. Like really, just, just with the Mandarin again. Even if MC apparently they try to correct that on the back end and saying actually there's still a real Mandarin that exists. I don't know if we might see it in the movies. Such a it was such a sharp turn with the scrolls in their background. So we'll see though. We'll I, see. Yeah, well, I'm hopeful. I do think that Ben Mendelsohn again, Talos. He's such a strong character and even just a strong actor that if you have him to utilize, you might as well throw him in the next, in a couple movies. You know, like you say, the scrolls are. Are one of the you know prominent villains in the yeah. Marvel universe. So if you have somebody of that caliber of an actor leading that charge, why not? Well, yeah. it's funny. He does have a son, and it's going to catch yeah. us up to current times. And I thought about that, and I was kind of like, this kid's had a pretty shitty life growing up. Like it's kind of been rough. Like he's probably kind of warped. I actually didn't know if that was a son or a daughter. I I thought it was a daughter, but thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I believe. It. I, it's interesting. When he was introduced, it was a son, I, I felt like. And then on the, on, and at the end of the movie on the stairs, it looked like a daughter. Speaking of, we didn't mention a daughter. And the re only reason I want to mention uh, Carol's best friend's daughter is because she's the one that's yeah. responsible for the color change. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like cool that. moment. I like yeah. that. It's a cool moment. I like the, Ram the Rambos, yeah. the Rambo family. And so. just, you know, I know we're wrapping up, but that, that moment at the table where she is basically telling Carol who she is. I really I really enjoyed that moment and I thought uh um Lashana Lynch who played uh, yeah. Monica Rambeau and did a wonderful job. Well there's Lovely. a there's a storyline in the future where you know, her she will sure. be Captain uh Captain the daughter in the yes. future. The daughter. Yeah. So I thought that oh, was that, that was, was a cool. they kinda nodded to they that too, nodded a little that. bit. It's like a little she says something like, you know, I want to go up there with you and she goes, You don't know like I yeah. might be able to build my own ship. And I was like, oh there's something there. Yeah. So and yeah, and she says you don't know that, and Bree harps on that and says, "Right, you yeah, don't you know don't, you that. don't know that." And it was, yeah. it, that was cool. So, awesome. well, yeah. we could continue this conversation <laughs> for another hour, but let me say this: Why don't we continue the conversation over on Twitter? So, use the hashtag Film Study Podcast at Paysinger at Dane Mork. You guys already know it. We're plugging it everywhere. Subscribe, rate five stars. Who's got a sign off this week? Did we figure that out? First of all, I got to say that is producing right there. That's producing. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's what Matt you learn right being there. part of the MCU. Thank you. That's PA Matt right there. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Cool.
But no, we do not have a sign-off still. We do not have a sign-off yet. Damn it. Um, do we have a post-credit scene? That's that's a big question. We definitely got some post-credit scenes. Uh, what, what was it? Faster, further, higher? Isn't that Faster, what it was? Faster, further, higher, baby. Faster, further, higher. And it's different in the comics, right? It's, it's furthermore. Which I th- I'm glad they dropped the more. Furthermore. <laughs> yeah. Furthermore, it sounds like you're about like, to say furthermore, bye. No. <laughs> Maybe. No, that's it. Bye. Oh, that's cool. See you later. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> We're good. We're good.